0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Arthur Company's podcast. I'm here again with Kevin Carl. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. That's, that's How are good? you, Patrick?
0: I'm doing all right. Yeah, this is uh, this is a two-podcast day for me. Justin and I literally just talked, uh, so we're going to post them both, uh, and I hope everyone enjoys listening. So, Kevin, we're going to talk about your wheat tour. You and Seth Heidorn came, went through uh, northwestern, northeastern to north-central North Dakota here a couple of weeks ago to look at the condition of the wheat crop, so... Tell us a little bit about what you learned.
1: So just to back up a little bit, what, what we try to do or attempt to do is we take yeah, we take three different cars. Uh, we try to tour all the areas that matter on hard red spring wheat. Because being from North Dakota, well you're from Roseau, there's a lot of wheat in Roseau County. There is a so lot of wheat. That's almost like northeastern North Dakota now. But it is. If you are in northwest Minnesota, North Dakota, you know. Hard red spring matters. I'm a right. kid from Bismarck, you're a kid from Roseau. So right. I mean that's the one thing we feel like we can know really, really well. Corn and soybeans, you know, if you're not from Iowa, I guess some people think you don't matter. I think you do, but but for the most part, that's something we feel like we should know really, really well. Yeah. We matter and we can move the market. So to some extent. Yeah. So what we did was we had one car that uh, started out of Fargo and kind of did south of I-94 and went over towards like Linton, Emmons County, and looped around in, in, in north of that Jamestown, central North Dakota area. Yep. Um, and then I my car did what I like to call the Wheat Highway, which is basically you go up the Red River Valley, and then you kind of cut across north of Highway 2 over to Minot, and then we kind of circled back around uh, through Harvey and then through the southern Devil's Lake Basin. So like... Benson County, uh, Eddie County, Griggs County, sure. You know, northern steel County on our way back, kind of a loop there around devil's Lake, but really most of the wheat acres are all in that Northern North of highway north, too. Yep. North yeah. highway too. Yep. So we did that tour, the two of us. So I, I can personally speak to that. And then we did send, uh, Aaron Remick, who is a resident Minnesotan and Adam Sip, who's from Ada. So we have a Crookston kid <laughs> and an Ada kid. So we sent them up highway 75 into Minnesota up through Hallock and then kind of back down, the right along the Red River through, like, Oslo and yep. that country where there's a lot of sugar beets, so there's a lot of wheat. A lot of and wheat, high-yielding wheat. Yeah, so we try to make some estimates and, and come into this this planting report we got yesterday, and hopefully we have uh, some good data, and, and that was our goal. Yeah.
0: What, for, for at least the wheat that you drove, past what stage was most of it in here and let's get the date right here what date what date were your was your wheat tour
1: so we were somewhere around the middle that middle week like the 14th of june okay I, th- I think it was somewhere in there we it was a we did i did three days so three days on a pickup and uh we kind of had some time in that week everybody looking throughout the same growth stage or was like attempting to be the same growth stage planting sure. day was we what we found was v- really really varied but um generally we try to do it sometime like within two weeks before the, the acreage report, which was the last day of June, so the 30th sure. yesterday. Yeah, yep, yep.
0: Ironically, I was not uh, not necessarily a part of the tour. I found myself in northeast Montana last week, so in the drive from Harvey on up, I uh, got a little look at what, uh, what northwestern North Dakota looked as well. So we've, we've covered a fair amount
1: of geography here. So tell us to start with what you learned. I would say overall, if I just, you know, graded on a scale 1 out of 10, I'd say a 4. And when I, you know, looking at our wheat here in Barnes and Cass counties, you know, every day, I was disappointed in what we saw. It looked thin. Tillers looked tough. um, But every day, every 15 miles when I got west off of Highway 18, west of Cavalier, I felt a little bit better. And then by the time I looped back, I was feeling like really... Honestly, just a lot of gratitude that we have the crop we do, sure. and there are some. Yeah. There's just some really tough fields, so yeah. I'll kind of give my synopsis of what I saw go town by town, what we saw, kind of the growth stages. Now, to be fair, there's so much variability in this crop. I, I don't. There were so many fields we looked at each other and just put our arms up. We didn't know one how to count it or two how to rate it. Right. So as you come up the valley, um, hmm. our, our wheat, our wheat acres are down in, in Cass and Barnes counties. We started our day with Grant marrying at Westbred. He's the technical rep for the state of North Dakota for Westbred. And yep. in my opinion, no one looks at more wheat fields oh, in a day than he
0: does. He's good. We had him on like the sixth episode. Yeah. So
1: he gave us kind of a wheat 101. Yep. Uh, we, we have a couple finance guys and, and general managers like myself. I, I can drive by a wheat field and tell you if it looks great or bad, but I, you know, there's nuanced details sure. in there. So. He and our, our agronomy manager out east, Justin, Kana, we, we started at the Barnes County to uh, plot that they have. Yeah. And so he walked us through, he has plots in Botno, uh, our Villa rugby, it'd be Northern Barnes County. So Northwest of Pillsbury. And then he has one, uh, I want to say it's like West of Enderland, but I'll probably butcher that. But he kind of said, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. It's other plots. Here's what the different varieties we're seeing. Here's what the tillering's been doing. And then right. he kind of gave us some things to look through as we went region by region. So at that point in time, we drove up uh, through Steele County. Northern Steele County is really tough. I would say that there's a lot of wheat that isn't going to make 30 bushels to the acre until you get to Northwood. So yeah. between, right. you know, that Steele County in general looks pretty tough. Southwest Steele County is probably the best, but, and it's Steele County, it's a small county, but. Uh, that northern steel county, that that north of Finley, Sharon, yeah. and Netta is pretty tough. Um, as you get into Grand Forks County, things look a little bit better, um, I would say. there's, But everywhere we drove on day one, they're 20% less than, I would say, an average yield. Okay. So you plant a crop, you hope for 70, you probably get 55. This is all looking like 45, 40 wheat. Sure. sure. And there were fields, but we saw some 35. We saw some maybe 60. Sure. Um, with rain. And, and right. we had gotten rain like a week after that, we got going yeah. to rain in, in most of those areas, but still the, the stand, you can't make up for the stand counts no. and the bad tillering. No.
0: More um, than likely any rain from there on out is going to help you fill a head, but it is not going to get you more heads per acre. So.
1: Yeah. And, and so I, w- I would say, you know, we, we, we started that night off. We, we went to dinner with a, with a big farmer in Northwest Minnesota and talked to him about his crop and, and, you know, They echoed the same thing. I caught, you know, sometimes farmers like to undersell how bad their crop is. And so he was saying, No way we make 55. And I'm like, That farm must average way over that. And, you know, that's Red River Valley ground in Northwest Minnesota. And and we ended up finding that he was speaking the truth when we toured it. But, uh, you know, so we were kind of coming in, maybe a little skeptical and, Hey, is it as bad as people say? Um, And it it was. It was. Yes. Yeah. It was. The second day we drove up, uh, we drove in uh, basically through. Walsh County, uh, we went up through Grafton and Nash and then kind of looped up into Cavalier uh, where the best wheat was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So you get Cavalier to Nitchie, it's it's pretty decent. Bathgate, okay. that's probably going to be close to trendline, to slightly above trendline, but it's a really small pocket of Peminent County. Sure. I think eastern Peminent County is, is tougher, and western Peminent County wasn't great. Okay, um, Right through the center was good. I thought Walsh County looked pretty decent. We we The hard thing is when you're looking at tough fields or – low average fields all the time we drove by some fields by graft and we thought hey this is great let's get out let's count it when you get out there you didn't realize that yeah it's uniform and consistent yeah and it's full but it's really short sure everything we found patrick was unbelievably short i've been driving through that part of north dakota my whole life you know going up to my grandparents farm and i couldn't believe it when you got out in it it's really short there were a lot of heads per foot and when you look down the rows a lot of heads per foot not a lot of tillers. Very short, heads very small. Spike counts, you know, yeah. nine, ten. Okay. Nothing, I I didn't think, overly dramatic. Now, visually, it looked good. Sure. But once you got out there and you started looking at the counts, and it, it did feel dry, but, um, we, you know, we dug down with a spade a little bit, and it felt pretty dry. But, okay. You know, so I think that that wheat crop, the marketplace is over. Is, over-relying on on how good it is. I don't think it's as good as people think. Okay, I think they think it's 65-bushel wheat or 60-bushel wheat, and I honestly think it's 50, sure. 48. Yep. You know, I don't think that that crystal North Dakota trade in that area of the world is going to be as good as people think yep. or want it to be, but I know the wheat market believes Northeast North Dakota is okay because it's always okay.
0: Sure, yep.
1: As you go up the hill towards Langdon, Nakoma, North Doian kind of that country as you're in Cavalier County – Uh, Ramsey County The wheat was Nowhere close to heading Okay It was ankle high Had been planted later There was There was no way To get a yield determination The fields looked Really consistent But They were Just really spotty Yeah Just really spotty So So I think that's a later planted crop, and and maybe this heat right now we're having is is hurting it, but probably would look better. And I've talked to a a couple of the guys up that run elevators up there, and they're saying it looks better, but it's 40, 40, 40, 45 wheat. So, you know, for them, that's a giant disappointment. Cavalier County is the number one production county of wheat in the state every year. So if Cavalier, you know, as goes the yield goes Cavalier County. So if Cavalier County can't pull a 58 to a 65.
0: Yeah, we're not going to make it up elsewhere. Yeah, you just can't
1: do it. high acres. You look at a year like 2017, guys, where Ward County averaged 37 bushels, and we had a really tough crop in western North Dakota. Yeah. You had record crops in Cavalier, Walsh, Pemina, Cass, Barnes, Trail. I mean, there was a lot of 70-bushel averages in the counties. and those years, that really drug everything up. And and there's not a lot of acres in, in Cass, Trail, Barnes, Counties, but Cavalier County there is. There's, yeah. there's a lot of acres and a lot of production. I mean, if you – Want to see where the wheat market goes? There's three counties that matter. You've got Cavalier County, number one, and then you've got Ward County and McLean County. So that'd be mm-hmm. Minot and Garrison, kind right. of north of the lake. Sure. So those three counties go the wheat market. You can't have all three of them have a bad crop and, and average anything over 40. It's just not yeah. mathematically possible.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Ward County, so that was that was shocking for me as I uh, drove west. Uh, the Minot
1: area is looking pretty tough. That Minot area was like nothing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And when you come down, like through Rowlett County, south of Botano towards Rugby, yep. there's a line in there, and it probably correlates with the drought map. If you Look at the if the the active drought map. The minute you start crossing towards Rugby, it just the ditches, the Pretty pastures, accurate. the soybeans, yeah. everything's just either barely up yeah. or you could barely tell. Yeah, I we, mean, no-till fields where the weed isn't, you know, some it's not as tall as the canola stubble, or it just uh.
0: you thought you were looking at bad stands further east and you haven't seen bad stands until you've seen it in Ward County. It's true. I mean the canola, this this the soybeans,
1: everything just was so patchy. There yeah. were multiple fields where I just didn't know what was planted on the yeah. 15th of June. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And so there's a there's a guy, is a friend of mine, but he he's been running elevators in the Minot area for 17 years and before that he was in the area. So he's, he's been in North Dakota a long time. And uh I just I called him up. I said, "Hey, Ted, have you ever seen anything like this before? And he said, absolutely not. Yeah. And he was there through some of those tough wet years, some yeah. of those bad vom years. You know that that area around Minot is it's variable, but yeah, it was. He, according to him, it was the worst he'd ever yeah. seen. So yeah. at that point in time, you know, we're on heightened awareness. At that point, yeah. like, what is going on here? <laughs> and yeah. and a lot of the wheat crop we saw in that, call it Langdon, Bisbee, Rolette. You kind of get over that. There's a lot of variability. So you plant it into dry dirt. You have wheat that's up. That's probably, at that point in time, it's six inches tall. And then you right. have wheat right next to it. That's three inches tall. Sure. So you have two two different stages of crop because yeah. they planted There was some stuff in wet, you know, dirt that was enough to germinate. And no. the other crop didn't germinate. You're going to sacrifice that crop. And so you've got, we have yeah. some pretty interesting pictures where you can see, like, it's not just 20, 30 feet. You might have, like, 40 acres in a whole quarter that came up early and then 40 acres that came up two weeks later. And some guys are saying, Hey, that'll even up and it'll be okay. Or we'll let the first crop sit. But some of the stuff, I would say that that that's probably pretty accurate. Maybe in the Langdon Bisbee area, maybe, but some of that stuff in Ramsey County, there is 0% chance that second crop. I like to call it right. Combined. Yeah. I mean, we have a picture by, by uh South of that is unbelievable. I, You've yeah. got wheat that's almost that's basically pushing heads. You can see what do you want like a Beards coming out of the top, and then you have wheat next to it that's yeah. four inches tall and coming because they they got it. You know they planted it, came up, then they got an inch of rain like three or four weeks yeah. later, and
0: uh, yeah, that seed sat in dry dirt, and and in some cases even after uh, you know germinating moisture, it didn't germinate very fast. So I mean, I yeah, there's there was been some goofy things happening in the field that I, I personally think that later crop is going to be sacrificed. Yeah, do you think they'll they'll just burn it off or leave it as like a cover? Blow out the back of the combine; and it'll be you know yeah. it'll, it'll get it'll get desiccated alongside with the uh, with the mature wheat. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Put it that way. There's so probably going to be a, a number of different methods used, and not
1: any of them right. We so we every district we went through, we talked to multiple. We tried to talk to multiple grain elevator managers in the mm-hmm. area. We tried to use our own judgment and counts. And we try to count every small grain field and compare it to the average. So,
0: how do you? How do? What metric do you use when you're all said and done?
1: One to ten. So we yeah we rate kind yep. of the fields within more of a one to five. Okay. Um, and then we'll correspond that data with what the locals are telling us, and yep. then we'll we'll compare that on the acre data because sure. Historically, elevator managers overshoot yields. Yeah. Farmers undershoot yields right and you kind of you got cut <laughs> it right in the middle you can kind of get it right um and ultimately
0: our goal of the wheat tour was to to estimate total bushels in the state of North Dakota yeah it's or an by estimation
1: region. and we have some mill customers that you know this is kind of a service we can offer them like hey is this bad or not and if you're in if you're in North Carolina you know you don't know and have you know have the resources yeah. sometimes to to know and you you hear all this noise in the marketplace and it's probably just brokers trying to sell commissions sure. right so yeah. You know, there's some, you know, if you want to own the acre and and be a big you know player in the state of North Dakota, you got to kind of give some reasonable advice on wheat. And so that's kind of the, you know, the goal. And we'll try to get to, hey, you know, here's old crop stocks. Here's what we think is happening. Here's where it is, you know, and et cetera. So, but as we start going, this started becoming a bigger, bigger deal. um, Especially, like I said, you get to Ward County, McLean County, that garrison area is very, very, very difficult. Sure. I think as you start going west, north of the lake, western McLean County, you get like Stanley Ross. It's probably a little better, but yeah. Berthold, Minot, Mohall, Transford, tough. Huff. There was Surrey. Just there, there was terrible. a there was
0: a line as I drove west somewhere somewhere west of Stanley uh, that started to green up, and so actually in Williams Divide County it looked really pretty good, um, remarkably good. Quite honestly, they they planted late. They got some rains obviously they've got a ways to go it was it was a younger crop it was a noticeably younger crop but they got rains and they have a nice crop there so and i think that's true throughout the state as you're saying right yeah as you drove there was pockets there was pockets shower. And,
1: and there was times where it felt like the small grains looked really tough but there was there was spots by minot or north to surrey where i thought the soybeans looked pretty decent sure i mean there's a good chance on a lot of these soybeans by birth hold that they'll be okay. They'll, yeah. I mean, we need timely Catch some rains. rains. So, yeah. I mean, for overall, you know, we, we we're we praying for rain for everybody, the elevator man and the farmer, but yeah. uh, you know, through those areas, I felt like the row crops had a chance. We saw some sunflowers that looked shockingly Sunflowers great, great this year. Uh, yeah, and, year. And then you would see some wheat fields that probably were planted early April. Um, everything was open and it just, you know, we had that big heat in May and it was a little dry to start. Yeah. And, I mean, agronomically, I don't know every area what happened, but for the most part, the row crops, I thought, looked pretty decent and shockingly consistent. Um, there were there were spots that looked terrible and spots that looked really good, but yeah. the wheat everywhere looked, I would say, below average. Sure. Yep. And then, you know, in corresponding all that data and coming through the the Wells County area, you know, that's nothing special. There's there's pockets where there's decent, there's poor. East right. of Fesidan looked much better than west of Pheasanton. Right. Um, that whole highway 200 corridor coming back and then we zipped up south of the lake a little bit, uh, Tulna and that country. And that looked, that looked way better than north of the lake, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But pockets again, that, you know, Northern steel County looked probably as bad as anywhere to be honest.
0: Sure. But, yeah, Yep. Yeah. So at the end of it all, um, you know, do you have, do you have any advice for someone holding old crop or selling new crop wheat after you? So the state.
1: you're going to see, and we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing a lot of volatility. Sure. So spring wheat futures are just call it eight, $8.40 right now. They were probably in the mid sevens when we, mid to low sevens when we do it. Two weeks ago. So yeah. we're up a buck. And, then right. and, and I've got ai got some guys are saying we're going to go up two bucks in a month, but um, we're halfway there. From a value standpoint, I think you're going to see, you're going to see futures markets inverted. You're gonna see people wanting to get coverage in these wheats. A lot of times in a drought crop, we peak. If you study drought crop scenarios and valuations, a lot of times we peak valuations right when harvest happens. Sure. Yeah. You yep. always imagine the storm's gonna be worse before you you know get there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you're getting through it, the marketplace might figure out: Are we gonna import more wheat from Canada? Which is a big question right now. Are we gonna figure some things out? Because the hard red winter wheat crop is massive we'll have a record sure. yield on the hard yeah. red winter wheat protein will be low, but so there are, you know, spring wheat is a, is a niche commodity. So the guys that need it will have to come get it and find it. But, um, you know, generally we have a plethora of stocks now. Sure. Stocks report yesterday was lower than expected. I think North Dakota was down like 40 million bushels year over year on non farm stocks on spring wheat, which was a big surprise to me. But, mm-hmm. uh, there still is a lot around. So it's, it's how can we ration it? How much do we cut exports? Because as we raise price, Patrick, we're going to start cutting down on exports. We're not sure. going to export 300 million bushels. We're, we're probably going to be some 200. Yep. So the millers that need it will mill it. They'll cut back, put a little more hard red winter in their grind sure. when they can. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll have to, you know, that's a big question right now. But I would say if you're selling spring wheat, don't be afraid to sell some $8 cash spring wheat. Sure. Like, we bought some here yesterday, um, both in Harvey and in in Arthur. And, you know, I talked to one of our big growers that has a lot of wheat on the farm, and he asked what I thought he should do, and I said, let's keep this really simple. I hope I'm wrong, because you've got more wheat in the bin. But when was the last time you sold $8 wheat? And he kind of laughed, and he asked me when the last time I bought $8 wheat was. I said, well, I think 2012, and I was, you know, super green behind the ears and didn't know what I was doing. But uh, it's been that long, so don't – if you have some, like – Yep. Don't be afraid of, look, if it goes to nine bucks, so what? Like you avoided selling it at four and a half. So just right.
0: kind of. It wasn't that long ago.
1: No, the superpower was <laughs> waiting. And no. and uh, I think I think with a lot of things that it's easy to get more bullish as we hit the top and get high. You, you look at, I mean, you look at anything. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, look at the lumber market. The lumber market's down dramatically in the it, last month. And I'm not an expert on off. that. But yep. as soon as like the mainstream media is talking about it, it's probably getting toppy. Yeah,
0: it's probably too late. Yep. So tell us, yesterday there was a stocks report, if, I, if I'm, I'm right, actually a planting report, correct? We got both. Yeah, we got, we got both.
1: quarterly stocks, and which is really important because we're looking at June 1 quarterly stocks by state. And yep. then what we're looking at, Patrick, is we're saying, okay, this is how much corn, wheat, and beans every state still has, yep. both on the farm and at the elevator. And we're saying, okay, we have one more quarter. So this would be our third quarter report. We have one more quarter before new crop and we get new supplies. Right. So. What you kind of like to look at is how much disappearance did we have from Q2 to Q3? And can that pace keep up? And then, you know, there'll be some estimates. But, you know, one of the shocks was where would all the North Coast spring wheat go? Sure. Um, And there there was a big disappearance, and I'm still kind of scratching my head. But it
0: caused quite a rally in corn and soybeans yesterday.
1: Yes. And the corn and soybean thing, and and corn was up limit, and beans were up 85. Yeah. That was all on acres. So we had our March planning intentions- And the marketplace thought we had 94 million acres of corn, 93 and a half or million acres, something. and we got, yeah, 92.7 yeah. or something. Um, and none beans. It's just, it's not enough. Even with a trendline crop today, unless we ration demand or there's no trouble elsewhere, we have, we have long-term problems on the balance sheet for the next year on corn and soybeans. So, you know, price will go up to try to ration that a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the same time, in the oil seed complex, you've got, record one in a thousand year heat right now in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Sure. So cold weather crops, their wheat, their canola, they, they do not like it hot. Yeah. So if you're a western corn belt farmer and you're growing soybeans in Minot, you're kind of competing in the oil seed complex with all the other oil seeds. Sure. So a soybean in Iowa probably competes you know, with the soybean North Dakota, but we also compete with those other. So overall this heat that we're seeing here, it's way more dramatic up there. It was a hundred degrees in Alberta yesterday, which is like an all time record. Yeah.
0: Um, Canola's probably bolting. Not a great time.
1: All the feed grains in general, feed grains and oil seeds. Right now we're under some sort of production issue outside of anything East of the Mississippi river. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see volatility. There wasn't as many acres planted as we needed. And even with a good yield, you can never make up for acres. A mm-hmm. hundred bushel corn in McLean County is still better than, you know, prevent plant of zero. So, you know, starting from that that total production number, we're going to have some some issues in the corn balance sheet long term. Um, I think the Dakotas will be okay if we get some timely rains. Um, I know things look tough right now, but the row crops are shockingly holding on okay.
0: How far out are we exporting corn as a country right now?
1: So here's the interesting thing about corn. Generally, this time of the year, I'm looking at selling corn trains, you know, late October, November, December, maybe like a Jan, Feb, March bid once in a while. Yep. I mean, we're getting calls all the time of, hey, what would you sell corn Jan, Feb, March, April, May, next year? What are you thinking? So it feels like what I'm, what I'm trying to get at it is that's very odd for us in June. Yeah. So while we're on here, in, you know, July 1st, like usually... Demand not, isn't that far yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. The last thing on my mind is what am I going to do in Jan Feb March with our corn bunkers? And that, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh. So like the first time cu- one or two guys called and said, hey, would you offer any trains on Jan Feb March? I kind of said, what's going on here? No, right. leave me alone. Like, right. you know, we're trying to spray herbicides on soybeans and leave me alone. But this year it's been more consistent where we're seeing more demand. We're seeing more phone calls on that. And I think a lot of it just has to do with there's there's demand for feed grains in this country. So basis should be supported throughout the year sure is kind of what i'm thinking step one is going to be so you know don't be afraid to i think the farmer can be patient here because i think that one there's there's a lot of good demand you've got some issues with the brazilian crop with late planted, hot dry we just had a frost you know there's it's a big area but and you're saying you're, you're so, saying
0: you're saying bushels in the corn belt can't make up won't likely make up for this i don't think so no yeah,
1: yeah. i don't think so and when you look at soybeans, North Dakota and South Dakota matter sure. a lot. Yes. So if you can't pull trend line yields in those states on soybeans, you have a big, big problem. There's no way to make the national trend line average. And the minute you start sucking down a bushel or two of soybeans off the national average, we're, we're super tight because one, we're coming in with no carry out in the next year. And 2 we're crushing way more beans domestically than ever right. before. I mean, we're crushing 185 million bushels of beans yeah. every month, give or take. Well, that's what we're carrying over, our stocks to uses.
0: And it sounds as though Western sure. Minnesota, Eastern South Dakota is not all great. I, I don't know how bad it is. We haven't done that to her, but it's not all great.
1: We, yeah, it seems like the guys in South Dakota are bar. It looks okay today, but we have no subsoil moisture, and we have no rain in the forecast, and it's going to be like 102 in Aberdeen on Saturday. So, I mean, I think we're all in that boat right now where, yeah, if you beat a really wet forecast, we'd feel like, yeah, maybe we took some top end off, but we'll be okay. Where now, we're just all kind of holding our breath, like praying something pops up. and, And if you look at those things, and I know beans are made in August, but... We got to get them alive to August.
0: Yeah, no, we 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 bought our time through June on row crops, right? And and what we lost in wheat, here we are, here we are in corn and soybeans for the next thirty days. Hopefully, we don't lose it like we did in wheat too. So, um, I I know we uh, we see the glass half full. We're we're gonna get some rains. We're gonna make some bushels. So, but it is critical for some geographies they won't get those
1: rains. And and that's a hundred percent true. And I think we're probably one of the more optimistic trade houses out there but mm-hmm. what really I start to look at is how is this puzzle going to fit yeah because you're going to have issue you're going to have localized issues where it's just things aren't available these raw materials aren't there so what what does, you know supply disruptions does that have right. and if South Dakota has a big issue it's going to create a, a giant mess sure from, there's a
0: lot of crush plants down there and if there's no soybeans around those crush plants
1: yeah and and the Pacific Northwest wants soybeans the chinese want and need right. new soybeans. I mean, yeah. they they are very active in trying to buy those. So all of a sudden you're looking ahead and saying, okay, are they just going to give those beans up to a higher crush plant price or are they going to have to? And the, and the railroad has rail cars to move. I mean, you know, Warren Buffett, yeah. the BNSF, they're doing a great job. They're not just going to step down and all of a sudden no. stay. So if you're a farmer in one of those areas that does get some good production, like there's a good opportunity for you where there's way more competition for your bushels than there has been in the past and you get a year like this, even with us planting all of our acres, there's a potentially really great opportunity here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very optimistic on timely rains. How about that? (laughs) Sounds great. We'll watch the forecast. So, all right, guys.
0: Well, I think that's, uh, that's probably it for now. You got, do you have 4th of July plans, Kevin?
1: Yes. So my in-laws have a, have a lake cabin in park rapids. And so, uh, and it's my, my oldest son's fifth birthday. Awesome, which we talk about every other day of the year. I bet you do. Not on his birthday, and so uh, the fourth wife, of
0: July. He was literally an independent. Well, he's the birthday. third. He's third. the third of July, oh, okay. and so
1: and in uh, which is always a great time to have a birthday. But honestly, after four days at the lake with a bunch of kids under five, I'm like excited to come back to work Tuesday because I'm gonna be <laughs> exhausted, <laughs> Just chasing them around. But um, <laughs> what about
0: you? Yeah, we actually are. We aren't. We aren't leaving much. We'll we'll go to uh, one of my wife's uncles got a cabin. Uh, in Lakes Country, Minnesota, so we'll go there for the fourth for for at least part of the day. So it'll it'll be fun. But we I've been chasing around ten year old travel baseball, so okay. there's no travel baseball over the fourth. There's that's, no that's I what like, we're doing. I
1: not like Binford would have some big fourth. Binford
0: Rodeo was like uh, last weekend. Oh man, I missed it because of travel baseball. But uh, <sighs> that's all right. And a wedding. I forgot. I was missing. I missed travel baseball for a wedding. So no Binford Rodeo. No travel baseball. Um, but, uh, but thankfully a friend of mine did successfully tie the knot.
1: So that Mm -hmm. happened. Well, and, and, and just throw a plug in here. If, if you do need some help or have some questions with your farm marketing, or you want to kind of know what we saw, what we think, what our goals are, um, reach out to one of our merchandisers. I mean, we're, we're here to talk. We're here to, uh, try to help your farm make more money. And, and whether that's, you know, through us or mitigating something else, like reach out, we're a North Dakota based company and and we're just trying to, like I said, to help guys the best we can. So.
0: Sounds great. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And until next time, uh, enjoy your 4th of July weekend, guys.